Hi friends, Erica here, and I wanted to let you know that today's episode is sponsored by my friends over at YM Dental Lab. They are offering two free zirconia crowns for all new customers. Check them out at ymdentallaboratory.com for more information. Now, on with the show. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Billing Podcast. It's been a few weeks. I have been MIA. We've just been extremely busy wrapping up the year with our dental coding and billing workshops. Uh, We call them Dental Billing Mastery. This stuff is so fun for me. I do not feel like I'm working when I am speaking at our dental coding and billing workshops. It is just so fun for me. And the interaction that we get is exhilarating. I just, I can't explain it. I just know that I'm excited to kick off 2023 in Riverside, California, which is my hometown. We were going to kick off the year in New York, but it doesn't look like the weather is going to be great. And we don't want to risk having to reschedule or cancel because of bad weather. So we are going to still go to New York, friends. So for those of you that RSVP'd, because we did have a handful of people RSVP, not necessarily sign up, but RSVP to save their seat for the New York event. We are still coming to New York. We're just going to wait for warmer weather so that we don't have to cancel our event last minute or push it out and spoil anybody's plans to be at the event. So we switched it to stay here in California. I'm okay with that. This is my home state and my home city of Riverside. It's going to be a bigger venue. We're expecting about double what we had at our LA event. We had 54 people in attendance at the JW Marriott LA event on, I believe it was October 9th. Our events are typically held on Sundays. We've tested out every day from... Thursday, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Friends, I've lectured all over the country and we've tested this out over the last going on 11 years now. And we have found that we get the highest attendance rate on a Sunday. And most people don't have many plans on Sundays. So we will be in Riverside, California, January, Houston, Texas, February, and Las Vegas in March. We are hoping and crossing our fingers that we're going to be in Hawaii in April, um, but we are still working on that. So we have solid plans for California, Texas, and Nevada for the first quarter of the year. So stay tuned, friends. If you're in any of those states, I would love to see you at one of our events. Enough about the events. Let's talk about ICD-10 codes and combining them with CDTs, right? So current dental terminology or CDT codes. The first question that I get asked when we start talking about incorporating ICD-10 codes into a claim form, a lot of my fellow billers do not know or have never heard of ICD-10 codes. And ICD-10 codes are the international classification of diseases were on the 10th revision 
clinical modification, but to condense that, we call them ICD-10 codes. This is a coding system that's used by healthcare providers to classify and code symptoms and diagnosis and procedures recorded in conjunction with dental treatment. So what does that mean? That means that we are not only placing a procedure code, the CDT code, on a claim, we're also indicating why we did that procedure. And we're gonna talk a little bit more about that as we get further into this episode. Adopting the usage of ICD-10 codes into a dental practice is still in its infancy, but it is anticipated to become a requirement for all dental procedures in the future. And I have been preaching the use of ICD-10 codes for about eight years. And it has become a requirement as far as Medicare and Medicaid since 2015. So just keep in mind that as Medicare government plans, Medicaid require the usage of ICD-10 codes on a dental claim form, the private payers are going to follow suit. So be prepared that in the near future, we're going to have to know how to use both. So then what is a CDT code? We just talked about what an ICD-10 code is. CDT code stands for Current Dental Terminology or CDT. It is simply a procedure code. It does not establish medical or dental necessity, and it only codifies which procedure was done. So it does not tell a story. It's just telling the insurance plan what we did. That's all a CDT code. Now let's talk about the power of using ICD-10 in conjunction with CDT. The power of using both is the fact that we are going to establish medical or dental necessity. It is going to give us quicker claim processing, friends, because I've been saying this for years, when we place ICD-10 codes on a claim form, those claims will process faster, resulting in less days in AR, meaning your claims are going to be closed out because we're gonna be able to get paid quicker and post those payments faster. So our days in AR are going to be reduced and our overall insurance account receivable performance will improve, right? So incorporating the ICD-10 in conjunction with your CDT codes is not necessarily a requirement with all private payers right now, though some private payers have adopted that, but Overall, it's just going to give you better billing department performance. And friends, you guys know how I feel about overall billing department performance. It is imperative that we start using our ICD-10 codes now, right? So I get this question often in my workshops. When should I start using ICD-10 codes? My answer is yesterday. We need to incorporate this for many reasons. There is a growing increase in government-related dental benefit programs like Medicaid and Medicare that require dentists or when we're billing Medicare, Medicaid for a dental procedure, they are going to require the usage of ICD-10. So for those of you that are billing for oral appliance therapy, you know what I'm talking about. We have to have, you know, our diagnosis code on the claim form. 
G47.33. They want to know why we are doing E0486, right? So those of you that speak the medical billing language in billing for oral appliance therapy, you just followed along there. For those of you that did not follow along, I used the diagnosis code G47.33, obstructive sleep apnea, as the diagnosis for doing the procedure code E0486. So you see how the diagnosis code justifies the procedure code. The way we utilize diagnosis codes on a dental claim form is the same thing. It does not change. Private plans have already started adopting the guide, similar guidelines to Medicare because typically the trends start with Medicare. So if Medicare starts requiring diagnosis codes for say things like scaling and root planning, then we're going to expect our private plans to follow suit. Again, the trend starts with Medicare. But what I have seen recently, and I mean like within a few weeks, I have seen private plans deny or delay payment for something as simple as a filling because that plan wanted an ICD-10 code on the claim form, justifying dental necessity, okay? So the verbiage that was used for this denial and this practice was submitting for D2331 and D2332. We know that those are simple fillings. And up until now, I've not seen fillings get denied because they wanted to see ICD-10 codes on that claim form. However, this is a Cigna plan, and uh, I'm going to read to you what the letter stated and uh, what the practice needed to do in order to get payment. So it says, Dear Dr. So-and-so, thank you for submitting the enclosed claim. Upon review, we found that one or more of the ICD-10 10th revision ICD-10 diagnosis codes are missing from this claim. Please include the appropriate ICD-10 code or codes for the listed procedures and resubmit the claim electronically. Payer ID 62308 or mail it to the address listed on the patient's Cigna ID card. Friends, this is for simple fillings, and this just happened a couple weeks ago. So if we are starting to receive notices like this, it's important that you contact your practice management software and figure out what you need to do to set up your ability to use ICD-10 codes on your claim form, especially if you are submitting electronically. There are softwares out there like Open Dental. You need to go into the advanced setup and click on medical so that Open Dental understands we are going to be sending our dental claims with medical ICD-10 codes. And we're also going to need to check with our clearinghouse to make sure that our clearinghouse is going to read or transfer these ICD-10 codes over to the plans electronically. I know, for example, in Open Dental, there are quite a few steps you need to take in order to get recognized electronically with the usage of ICD-10 codes. So my suggestion is A, 
learn how to use your ICD-10 codes and tell the story as to why we did this procedure in code and B, contact your practice management software and find out if there's anything that you need to do in order to set this up globally in your system, not individually per patient, because that is so tedious. Ask them if you can set this up as a global setup And I'm sure they're going to walk you through all the steps that need to happen. But friends, if fillings are starting to get denied because we did not have the ICD-10 code on the claim form, let me tell you, I expect to start to see an uptick in denials for the lack of usage of the ICD-10 code. Secondly, there are some plans that will reduce payment because you didn't use an ICD-10 code. So say you anticipated to get, say, 80% for a procedure and you didn't use the appropriate ICD-10 code to describe what, why you did what you did, they will reduce payment. If we want maximum efficiency in our billing department, Incorporate the usage of ICD-10 regardless of the requirement. Do that now because it's going to improve claim processing time. You never know when a plan is going to reduce payment because you didn't use an ICD-10 code. And you know that these insurance plans are all about getting the claims in and out as quick as possible. So it's a win-win for the practice because we're not having to attach the x-rays, we're not having to attach a narrative, ICD-10 codes seal the deal. And it's going to be a slow transition as we move towards incorporating the ICD-10 codes as a regular feature in our billing department. Um, There will be some glitches, but friends, I promise over time, efficiency is going to be everything. And that's going to start with your understanding of how important it is to use your ICD-10 codes. Now, are dentists required to use ICD-10 codes? As I stated earlier, no, not required yet, but it is always best practices to follow the Medicare and Medicaid guidelines regarding the use of ICD-10 codes. And not all procedures are going to require it, but if you are billing Medicare as a dentist, or you're the biller billing Medicare for your doctor, you know that you are required to use ICD-10 codes. So think about that as the first indication that things are trending towards the usage of ICD-10 codes in a dental practice. Why are we trending that way? Why are we trending towards using ICD-10 codes? Well, because a dental visit in the healthcare setting, a dental visit is considered an out patient visit. And when we're billing to medical insurance for this outpatient procedure, we need to use our ICD-10 codes to tell the story as to why we did what we did. I just mentioned this, you know, our private payers, they're starting to adopt the use and requirement of ICD-10 codes, and they want us to establish medical or dental necessity through this usage. The next thing you do after you listen to this podcast is research where you can learn more about using ICD-10 codes and 
contact your practice management software to ask how you can start incorporating the ICD-10 code on the claim form. Some plans, or I'm sorry, some practice management softwares are going to need a, you're going to need to go into some advanced settings. Like with Open Dental, you actually have to go in and have Open Dental download the most recent version of the ICD-10 codes as it applies to dental procedures. And Open Dental makes it super easy to choose the appropriate ICD-10 code. Let's talk a little bit about procedures that currently require ICD-10 codes. So these are these are procedures that are typically getting billed to medical insurance. And uh, if you're going to bill to medical insurance, you're definitely going to want to use your diagnosis codes in order to get paid at the highest reimbursement rate that you can because when you use a strong diagnosis code to tell the story as to why you did what you did, it can increase reimbursement. When you use a weak or don't use a diagnosis code, then you can get reduced reimbursement or in some cases, no reimbursement at all. So some of the procedures are oral appliance therapy. I've worked with many offices that are doing oral appliance therapy for patients who say, for example, currently have a CPAP, they have, they have sleep apnea and they wear a CPAP at night, which is that mask that you put on your face and it helps you breathe at night. It keeps your airway open, not very comfortable. So those patients choose to go with an alternative oral appliance therapy, which is very similar to like a night guard, brings the lower jaw forward ever so slightly and keeps the airway open so that the patient has very little to no snoring because we all know that snoring means that we are not getting proper oxygen to the brain, right? So snoring is not good. It's not funny. It's not good. I personally am very passionate about oral appliance therapy and helping our patients to have optimal sleep, aka eliminate the snoring, eliminate those long periods of not breathing at night because sleep apnea is real and it's a silent killer. That's side note. <laughs> so we'll talk about that another another episode. I am so passionate about sleep apnea and oral appliance therapy in a dental practice. I almost feel like it should be a requirement because dentists are looking at airway all day long. They're looking at, you know, enlarged tongues. They're looking at small airways and risk risk factors related to having sleep apnea. Oral appliance therapy is going to get billed to medical insurance. You are going to use a diagnosis code and the procedure code E0486 for the oral appliance. That is a requirement when you're billing for that procedure. TMJ procedures like repairing of a joint membrane or cutting of a muscle, that's going to get put on a medical claim form as well with their diagnosis codes. Oral surgery procedures, we all know this. Uh, general practices are starting to feel the pinch with dental insurance companies requiring us to bill wisdom teeth extractions or in extractions in general. I've seen surgical extractions being required to be billed to medical insurance first. So whether it's going to be a covered benefit through the medical insurance plan or not, they want to see either payment or denial before they will consider paying. These are the procedures that are currently required 
to have ICD-10 codes. And the other procedures are going to vary plan to plans. As we see an uptick in private payers requiring ICD-10 codes for SRPs, perial maintenance, why profis may be needed more frequently than the traditional six-month mark. It, what they're wanting to see is, or what they want us to do is justify why we are asking or why we are doing what we are doing. This is going to describe the connection between the oral and overall health. This is referred to as the oral systemic connection. And that's why they are wanting us to put it all together to establish that connection between the oral and overall health. When we are asking for the patient to have more frequent perio maintenance cleanings, or maybe the patient's on a medication that gives them dry mouth, they're getting chemotherapy. There's just many reasons why we would need the patient to get more frequent services. Using your diagnosis codes is going to help establish that medical necessity. Okay, I'm going to go back to this point because I cannot emphasize this enough. Even though ICD-10 codes are not a requirement with most private payers yet, this is going to lessen a biller's claim processing time. Friends, there's no need for attachments and narratives if we learn to use ICD-10 codes. There's no review of x-rays. So when you start to incorporate this, you might want to start with incorporating the ICD-10 code onto a claim form. Go ahead and attach your narrative and your x-rays and everything that you normally would. But I want you to start playing with maybe a claim or two and just incorporate the ICD-10 codes and see what happens. In most cases, you're going to get paid faster. The claim submission time was literally cut in half because you just placed the ICD-10 code. You did not have to go and attach x-rays, perio chart, write a narrative. You just put your ICD-10 code on the claim form, you sent it in electronically, and you got paid faster. I want you to try and incorporate ICD-10 codes into your daily billing practices. I know, I know, I know. I'm asking a lot, but in the long run, you'll thank me. That concludes our episode on ICD-10 codes, friends. I hope that this episode has inspired you to get the process going. At least, at minimum, reach out to your practice management software and find out if there's anything that you can do to start using ICD-10 codes on your dental claim forms. Okay, my friends, that's going to wrap up today's episode on the Dental Billing Podcast. I can't wait until the next episode, and I hope that you join me. Until then, take care.